This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers the rest of the year. Before we continue, I'd like us all to introduce ourselves. So Ruby, how about you go first? I'm Ruby Compton. I'm the Western North Carolina Program Director for Muddy Sneakers, which is an environmental education program for public school fifth graders. We take them outside and teach them science in the woods. Thank you. And Gab? Um, I was just going to say, I love that name, Muddy Sneakers. It's so great. <laughs> it is um, a great name. <laughs> my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp in the Laurentian Mountains in Quebec, and we focus on creating a positive girl community as well as uh, running a linguistic program. Thanks, Gab. And I'm Beth Allison, co-owner of Camp Hacker and Go Camp Pro. I was an executive director of five children's summer camps for 15 years in Muskoka, Ontario, Canada, and I'm now a consultant with my husband, Travis, and my passion is intentional leadership training. So today, our topic for our podcast is something that we three have either witnessed or experienced, sometimes in really intense ways, both good and bad, and so we wanted to share it with you. It's saying goodbye to longtime staff members. And Ruby's going to tell us why we thought this was important. Well, I think sometimes our natural inclination for how we should say goodbye is not actually the best for the community. And so a community that can say goodbye to a longtime staff member well is setting themselves up best to be able to move forward. Absolutely. Uh, And before we get started... Maybe we can just clarify what we consider to be longtime staff members. Ruby, what would you say is a longtime staff member? Yeah, so in my mind, I think we're thinking about, especially in this um, in this episode, about those folks that maybe year-round, those program directors, middle management, folks that are retiring even, um, looking more at kind of that year-round team than necessarily your summer staff. But you could certainly have summer staff who've been with you for a long time that some of what we're going to say today really applies to them as well. Yeah, absolutely. Gab, you're on the same page with that one? Yep, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I usually am with Ruby. Because <laughs> she's smart. Some, yeah, sometimes you and I, Beth, big disagreements. but. <laughs> so please understand, we're all really firm believers in saying goodbye to your summer staff or your shoulder mm-hmm. season staff properly and well every single year. But yeah. this podcast is about those full-time staff members and their departures. So, Gab, what are some elements of a good, a super goodbye for a long-time camp staff? Well, I think it's recognizing first when, when it's the right time for um, your long-time staff to maybe depart. Mm. It doesn't mean that everybody has to depart, but there are certain signs um, that start to pop up, um, and maybe the, their work starts to decline, their stress level goes up. Um, you know, where they were in their lives five years ago might be different than where they are now, uh, starting a family, going back to school, et cetera, et cetera. So 
I think first is recognizing and keep going, keep having those conversations in the sense of, are you happy with the organization? Are you, are you still learning? Are you still growing? Um, and especially with, with uh, camps, how they tend to work is you have a large uh, group of staff members throughout the, the, the summertime or the high season time, and then it, it whittles down to maybe about, you know, four people <laughs> or two people. And, and it, be, it can become very, um, they become your friend, uh, family member. Mm-hmm. Um, and so boundaries um, can, can get blurred, but that business side needs to remain. And, um, as Beth, as you say, it's, 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 uh, people of, above program. And, um, I know that, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the number one thing for me is, is letting them know that you're okay, uh, with them questioning whether they should stay or go. Great. Great. How about you, Ruby? Yeah. And I would add on to that. I think, it can feel very selfish to make the uh, realization that, you know, I don't know if I should keep being at camp any longer. And I I think recognizing that and not adding to that feeling um, because it is a selfless job and a lot of times a thankless job. And that's okay. You know, the people who are doing that job aren't there even necessarily for the thank yous and um, they're there for the the impactful work. Uh, But just recognize that, um, that person who is leaving may be feeling some guilt uh, or a lot of guilt mm. about leaving camp and leaving it in the state that it is, however great or terrible that may be. Um, and so being sensitive to that as as the folks who are are still around. Um, I think one of the the most important elements um, from and, and this was a very personal experience that I can share uh, is is watching another director at another camp leave, but also my experience this summer is making sure that the larger camp community hears from that person who is leaving, mm-hmm. that the story of the departure is told from their voice, because I think otherwise people may not trust it, and if you never hear from the person, it can look shady. And that doesn't mean that that person needs to, who's leaving needs to, you know, spout forth everything that's ever said or that's not read by the rest of the organization. Um, but I, I just think it, I, I had the experience of parents coming to me and saying, you know, well, we never heard from you. Like, is everything okay? Is something wrong? Um, and that was a big moment for me because my inclination, and I'll talk about this later with mistakes, but my inclination was like, let's just do it quietly. Like, I don't want this to be the center of attention. I, you know, the focus is on the kids, the focus is on their experience, but the reality of it is if you're talking about these longtime staff members, there are probably people who don't see camp existing without that person. And so you can't just eliminate them. You cannot just erase them. You can't just pretend like they're not there or have it be an, oh, by the way, because that is going to seem strange to your community. And if you think about the organizations that you're a part of or the leaders that you look up to in those organizations, if they just depart and you never hear from them what the story is, it leads you to be a little bit suspicious. Um, so even if there is nothing wrong or shady or it's you know mutual decision, um, I think making sure that that voice is heard and that can be in the form of a letter or a video or um, a blog post, whatever it might be. But I do think taking that opportunity for that person's voice to be heard is really, really important and gives them too an opportunity to say, 
I am so excited about this next leadership that's coming in, if that's been identified or the next steps for camp or the next generation, whatever it might be. Um, so there's, it can be very positive, even if the departure is not a positive one. I think it can be framed in a very positive way, but that voice really does need to be heard. Absolutely. And I also think it's a great opportunity to teach seasonal staff and campers the right way to say thank you to say we appreciate you and we will be forever changed by the legacy that you are leaving. So as in all things with our podcast, you need to be intentional about it and you have to do it right. So for me, that includes big picture thinking and doing all we can, as Ruby said, to let everyone in our camp community have a chance to say thank you and goodbye. So not just the person leaving, but everybody else needs to have that opportunity and for them to acknowledge Um, exactly what the legacy is. So that involves letting people know as soon as it's possible and whenever it's appropriate for your organization to let somebody know, uh, let everybody know that someone's leaving. It involves sending a message from the senior person in charge of the organization. So whether it's your board, your owners, your directors, whatever it is, saying thank you to that person and mentioning very specific talents and things that they're grateful for and camp is grateful for and wishing this person the best going forward. Um, And as Ruby said, it it also involves that person being able to communicate in their own words a goodbye and a thank you. And to me, both of these things need to be plastered on the camp website, in every social media page you have, everywhere out there. If your camp's still sending out mailings, it needs to go out in that information too. People need to know about it and they need to hear it. And I think in our organization, sometimes we have this opportunity. If the person knows that this will be their last summer coming up and communicates that, It also allows for parents, families, campers, alumni, donors to give their goodbyes throughout the summer when they're coming to camp. And maybe there's a card that everybody can sign when they come up on registration day, or maybe there's like a video card that you can put together where people have said, hey, thanks for this or thanks for that. And it can be given to the person leaving at the end of the season. Maybe you set it up so that campers have a chance to write a short letter or make a card during their stay to show their appreciation to that person. On my last summer as an executive director, I spent every single opening and closing day of every, ses- of every session, which was weekly, hugging parents and grandparents who wanted to tell me how much camp had meant to their child, who wanted to tell me how much camp had changed their child for the better. I was the one leaving, but they were the ones in tears. Um, and it was really important for me um, to hear them, for them to be able to have that say And as Ruby said, I would have much rather slipped quietly into the night and disappeared, leaving a letter for my people to read. But I suffered through all of those thank yous because it was important to the community and it was teaching them how we appreciate people and how we say goodbye. Gab, what else have you got? Well, I was just going to echo a little bit in the sense that that putting everything online um, is great marketing uh, in the sense of when when somebody leaves, there's talk, and this is a way of of making that talk be positive, saying mm-hmm. we're really proud of so and so to move forward, um, and also the the piece that Ruby was talking about in the sense of um, letting their you know their voice be heard. You know, when it comes from them, then the the trust is a lot higher instead yes. of just the organization. Um, I think when we work on a small team, we often think about our own relationship and how that impacts us. And, and we don't see that other people, it's going to be very difficult for other people. Mm -hmm. And, and we're just reassuring them. Um, 
I believe asking the person what they want and what they want it to look like, um, how do they see it unfold, um, and then sharing your experience saying, you know, this is what we did with this person. Did that make sense? You know, how did that fit with you? Um, you know, what would you like? And I, and, and there's sometimes what happens is that they come up with some really great ideas or, or there's some, un, you know, even unsettled business um, that needs to be attended to, such as I was work, I wanted to work on this project. I never had a chance to finalize it. This is really important for me to finish this. Uh, I want to leave this behind. Um, I find that to be really, really powerful, and it helps with, with, a, with a nice transition. transition. And I've even had staff members come back to do a couple of staff trainings um, to, to teach other people to how to do these staff trainings. And that, that's something that was important to them. Um, one of my staff members said to me, um, all I want is to make sure you assign somebody to close the lodge doors because bats <laughs> get in there and it just stresses me out. If I know that those doors are closed, I'm going to sleep well during the summer. And I loved it. And I really did. I was like, okay, who's in charge tonight? You know, Claude is going to be really upset if a bat gets in here. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but, but that was off her chest, you know? Mm-hmm. So just asking them, uh, how do you, how would you like this to, to go, uh, is might be a really nice, nice way of doing it. Great. Thank you. Ruby. I have been surprised um, in a great way in visiting other camps and seeing little notes, um, dedications, whatever, to the service of some of those year-round staff. Uh, Because I've never worked at a place that that was a tradition. Mm -hmm. And so going to a place where I have seen that, it was like, oh, that's really cool. And you see it in so many other industries, right? Um, My dad teaches at a an all boys school in Nashville that's, you know, long, long history. And there are little monuments and and statues and libraries and, you know, corners here and there that are dedicated to various people that have, you know, had an impact on the organization. And I think that's a really smart practice for camps to, to take on and and do and adopt. Um, Because so much of camp is history, right? Mm -hmm. And so for, a a future camper to walk by that place and go, wait, who was this person? Uh, That provides a really cool opportunity for a staff member to share a story or uh, for them to maybe long ways down the road, seek someone out. Like nobody here seems to know who this person is. Um, So consider if there's uh, a place that you can honor these staff that that even if it's you know a list of these are the program directors we've had or the executive directors that we've had um, to you know this garden is dedicated to or this tree is dedicated to um, I think that that's a really cool cool way to honor folks um, and it doesn't have to be obnoxious I mean that's the other thing I think it it shows these people have committed so much time and energy and they have left a legacy and provides a, a place for that talking point. Um, just the other like quick point I would say is, is a best practice when you do have one of these longtime staff members leaving is to make sure with good HR, you know, to conduct an exit interview, um, because that 
really provides the organization an opportunity to gain some information um, and I think provides that employee an opportunity to have some closure or start that process. And I feel really fortunate that I had a really good exit interview upon leaving camp this summer. And, um, and what made it so good is the folks that were conducting the interview really were listening to understand and were not there to make judgments. And there were some hard questions asked and it, it felt very open and very honest. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. And, um, it wasn't about going in with an agenda. It was going in with, you know, I have some points that I do want to make sure are heard and they may not change anything and that's okay. I'm, I'm not here about changing everything, but I think to, to be able to really put the cards on the table and I don't think any of it was really news. So make sure that that happens too, because somebody who's been there a long time is, is going to be able to provide some insights, whether you agree with them or not just understanding that perspective is going to help you in hiring somebody else and setting other people up for success. Absolutely. Um, and for me, I think there are two events that should happen for a superb goodbye when a longtime staff member leaves. And I think one should come from the staff and be with the staff, the seasonal staff, those summer staff. And the other should come from either the owners or the board members, um, whatever your hierarchy is, um, and the alumni and the families. So the one, uh, if you're lucky enough to have that person leave at the end of the summer when you know that that's when they're gonna be heading out, um, the staff should be able to put on a fabulous end of summer dinner and I think gifts should be involved. And now most camp staffs don't have a lot of money so it isn't about spending anything. But a gift um, has taken time and thought and it's an amazing tribute and Ruby has already given us um, uh, some thoughts on that. When Travis and I left, our staff presented us with a bench. And it's funny because Travis actually made the bench um, for our fireside chats that we had every evening with our staff during training. And I've talked about that numerous times in podcasts. But what they did was they took the bench that was made from trees on our site, they shellacked it, they put a plaque on it that says Topozoic, which is our, our two camp names combined. And it says, thanks for the evening, friends, which is what we said every night at the end of Campfire. And they still say it every night at the end of Campfire at Cairn. And that bench is still uh -huh. in the lodge, and the new directors sit on it for their fireside chats. Um, so it didn't cost them a lot of money, but it was really meaningful. When Match left this summer, and she's the woman, Chantelle Jackson, who took over from me, the staff ded dedicated a bridge at camp to her. It was her favorite spot. She used to tell staff all the time that she used to, uh, about a moment she had when she kind of really got it about camp, and it was on that bridge. And so they put a beautifully carved wooden plaque on it for her. Um, and in my opinion, because I've had the honor of witnessing a few of these, these evenings should include a talent show of some kind where staff members can, in smaller groups, perform for the person leaving. And it can be silly stuff, things that that person's famous for, like maybe dances that they taught you or songs that they brought to camp. But it should also have some really serious elements to it and it should end really meaningfully. Uh, at Match's end of summer farewell, the staff had this necklace made uh, that they made with stuff they had at camp and in it they put the embers of their last campfire together. And um, before she received it, it was passed around without her knowing with to all the people sitting in the audience with a note attached to it that asked each person to pray for her and to send really good thoughts her way. So, um, I mean, that was one of the most special evenings I've ever had the privilege of witnessing. And I think that the staff maybe spent a total of $30 in supplies. And because it was matched, most of it was on candles. But um, it was really magical. And 
I think then a second celebration should follow when camp is over, so maybe in the fall, um, and it should allow the rest of those folks to come to camp if you can make it happen, happen um, and have a really great party. Again, thanking this person with a wonderful dinner, with decorations, music, an evening of performances, and thank yous. Um, I just think that's really neat for families and alumni um, and other staff to be able to come up and to do that if they weren't there at the end of the summer. The gift that we received when we left camp after 15 years was a refurbished cedar strip canoe. It was actually our camp's canoe from like the 1930s. And one of the volunteers took it. It wasn't used anymore um, out on the lake, but a volunteer took it and refinished it. Um, and for Match, when she left, the, partic the participants of her farewell evening in September, which included alumni and parents, camper families, etc., they donated money to send children to music and arts and dance camp, which is MAD camp, so it was called MAD for Match. Um, and we wanted to raise enough money in our small group there to send one child to camp next summer. And as a testament to how much she's loved, we, sent, we will be sending four. Um, and again, the event didn't cost too much, but it was all the thought that counted because in the end, it's the relationships that we value and those memories we will always have and they are what matter. So I can't, again, stress enough how uncomfortable I was <laughs> with not one, but two entire evenings dedicated to me um, and to my work at camp. But I sat through them and I am now forever grateful that I did. And I sat through them very quietly um, because it was really important to teach our staff and campers and to show our families that this is how we thank someone for that kind of dedicated service and for all they've done at camp. So it's not about centering that person out or making them feel uncomfortable, but just um, doing something for them that is really special. So that's how I would have a superb goodbye. Um, but there are lots of mistakes that we make when we're facing transition with staff. Um, so I think we're just going to take a minute to talk about a few of those. So, Gab, what are some of the common mistakes that you've seen camps make, either Waro or other ones, um, when they're facing a transition with a full-time staff member? We've talked sort of around a few of them already, but are there yeah. other ones? Well, I, I know for myself, I'm by nature quite an avoider. So I, I love, <laughs> <laughs> I push myself to, to, to not avoid. We even have a program at camp that's all about awareness and talking it out um in parts it's for me so I, I have to do it um so for for uh one staff in particular who was ready to leave I was avoiding that she wanted to leave she she never said it um but she she was dropping significant hints that she wanted to go back to school that she that she wanted to leave uh no she didn't say that but but basically she was dropping hints and I I just I didn't know how to act and it wasn't because I didn't want her. Yeah. In part, I didn't want her to leave, but I, I, it made me feel like she was not satisfied with the job that she was doing. And so what I did in turn was try to help her out. I, I was teaching her other things. I was trying to give her opportunities. I was bringing her to conferences, but she just really wanted to do something else. And it wasn't that she, it wasn't that she didn't enjoy her time at, at Waro. Um, if anything, it's what prepared her to go on to do the things that she was excited about. Um, so, and that, that goes with my point that I made at the very beginning. So it was, it was really difficult because it was drawn out. Um, it was a lot, it was quite emotional. So that, that was a big one. And in turn, um, what I did now I'm extremely vigilant. I'm very like, how's it going? Why are you, are you, ha <laughs> you know, I want to know, but one of my staff members uh, recently who who uh, left us is now working at camp um, in Seattle, 
um, shout out to Kate uh, Taylor. Um, but we, we brought her to a conference and introduced her to other camps to say, you know, her time at Waro is, is um, you know, coming to an end because she's awesome and she, she wants to have a, a different position. And so, um, and, and I had to teach her a little bit what to say. Um, I, I overheard her saying something along the lines of, it's a family organization and that's why I can't work there anymore, which I was like, actually, that's not true. It's a small organization. <laughs> Make it sound like I got the crown, you know, at 17, <laughs> our new camp director and heir, our child, <laughs> nobody will, <laughs> nobody will have this position. Um, you know, I worked for my spot, but, but it's a small organization. So I told her, no, it's, it's not exclusive to, to, to rail individuals. Um, that's my last name, by the way. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's a small organization. There's one director position. So she, she was like, oh, okay, right. I'll say it's a small organization. Um, so, so yeah, so avoiding that your staff want to go try to hold on to them in, in different ways, um, makes a big problem. And, um, I don't know the, the biggest ones are, you know, when I go to conferences and I hear the dissatisfaction amongst camp executives talking about camp directors um these are really big mistakes to make because a lot of the times we they're good people and they just might not be in the right spot um so ex nan the talkie a and get yourself (laughs) a a consultant to help you you know transition with that but uh yeah those ones you're like oh that's too bad and then afterwards so awkward so awkward (laughs) (laughs) don't do it (laughs) Thanks, Gab. What about you, Ruby? What are some common mistakes that you've seen? Yeah, I think piggybacking off of what Gab said, um, I think having, I think the inclination is to not talk about it and kind of be like, okay, we're just going to get through this next whatever amount of time it is, and then we're going to do this. Um, And I think having some check-ins and making a plan together about how this is communicated, um, how... How can you talk to staff about it? How can you talk to parents about it? Um, and, and I think it is okay to make some decisions about, let's not focus on this, let's focus on this. You know, I think that's totally fine, but I think you need to have a conversation and just, we're not gonna talk about it is, is not the best decision. Um, I think also being realistic about time, um, you know, how checked out is that person? Uh, what is the reason that they are staying for whatever point of, time that they are staying? How long are they legally obligated to stay? Um, You know, in corporate America, people put in their notice. And a lot of times it's like, great, you can pack your stuff up and we'll send you a check in two weeks, you know. Uh, So, so keeping that in mind, like, how long can you work with this person and have that relationship uh, and have it be smooth and and be good across Mm -hmm. the board? Is that something that's going to work for six months? Or is it something that's only going to work for two weeks, you know, and really being honest about that, I think is going to make your life a lot smoother. Um, and I think, you know, all the things that Beth described and, and I'm going to, if she doesn't tell a story, I'm going to make her tell this story. I was not sold on her plan of like, you should be appreciated and given all this time to say thank you. So if you're sitting there and you're like, no, there's no way, there's no way I'm going to do this for a staff member. There's a story that she, I hope she will tell that um, will sell you on this idea. Um, I think instead of thinking about it as departure, like think about it as a retirement from your camp. And if you think about it that way, it doesn't make the celebration seem as silly. Uh, And really, truly, I think most camp directors, 
if you've been in it for four years, you've worked the equivalent of an adult working lifetime. Uh, so it's okay to, to celebrate it like a retirement. Fair and, point. You know, you're yeah. like, hopefully, depending on where you're going next, but hopefully you're making this change so you can slow down a little bit so you can have some more personal time. Maybe you can travel more. Maybe you can be with the kids or the grandkids. You know, so I think there's a lot of analogies there and thinking of it generally retirement is thought of as this joyful thing and, and congratulations on making it there. I think if you can think of this person leaving in that framework and with those goggles on, I think it can help ease some of those conversations and make it a little less scary to approach. Great. I have no idea what story we're talking about. So I'd be I'll, happy to okay. tell I'll it. I'll tell you more about it if you don't tell it soon. Yeah, because I could see Best Face going like, I'll I don't, tell I don't the know story. which one I'm it is. I'm not quite sure. Because <laughs> um, I'm talking about mistakes now, so I don't know what story I'm supposed to be telling. That's okay. We'll round it out with okay. a happy story. All right. Yeah. Um, I won't let us move on to the recap till we hear it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, for me, I think we're fortunate enough to work in an amazing community, uh, the camp-wide world. So for many of us who are leaving, we're doing so for all the right reasons. And we can often offer the camp a great deal of notice that we're leaving. It doesn't always happen for sure, but sometimes we have a whole summer or even a year when you know it's going to be your last. And so I think this is an amazing opportunity to make this a positive learning experience, both for the person leaving for the camp and for those who are left behind to carry on that legacy. Um, so mistakes that I have sadly seen made um, include failing to see the person leaving as a huge resource failing to talk to them about their thoughts, their opinions, their dreams and hopes for camp that may not have yet been actualized. And Gab talked about that a bit already. Um, Ruby talked about this, failing not to do an exit interview, but also um, to ask them who they think would be an excellent replacement. It doesn't mean you have to hire their suggestion, but let's get some of their thoughts. Um, and let's ask them all the things their job entails. Sometimes there are a lot of surprises for both boards and owners and managers when you ask a staff member that question. There are things you know, had no idea they were doing all these years. Um, I've seen people fail um, to see how their job can be done better or made easier or how the next person could be more supported um, by not asking these kinds of questions. We think as uh, people in charge that we know everything, but we're likely missing a whole lot of important details because we didn't do that job every day. Um, and if a person's leaving, we also have to have a strategic plan in place going forward. And Ruby alluded to it, Gab said you maybe even need a consultant for this, but you need to let your people, your campers, your families, your seasonal staff know as much of the plan as you can and, and bits and pieces at each time. Obviously they can't necessarily know everything, but keeping them informed and connected to you throughout the process is key and I've seen it done poorly so many times. Um, I've seen it where a board didn't keep their community up to speed on things, they didn't explain the reasons for the changes they were making, they didn't communicate the plan for moving forward or the timeline. And what this did was cause huge uproar within the alumni, with the staff, with the campers, with their families, with their donors. And when people aren't given the right information, they will then try to fill it in for themselves and usually they're going to fill it in with the worst possible scenario. Um, people then become scared for camp and for its future. So by not communicating plans, we alienate people. It destroys trust, which is essential to building community, as we all know. And quite frankly, it causes camper families, especially those who are kind of new to us and not necessarily those diehards, um, to find other camps who seem like they have their act together, uh, rather than sending their kid back to our camp next year. So 
don't just make that mistake of wiping the slate clean and pretending like that person never existed. That is insane. And it's so unhealthy and contrary to what we do as camp people. We teach our campers to honor people's contribution. We value them and we affirm them as people. So we have to be sure we show that to everybody in our larger community. And I think sometimes that camps are afraid when a really long time person leaves that they're going to lose campers um, or staff. So they don't want to draw attention to it and they want to be sure people think it's business as usual. Um, but I think we're missing the boat here in so many ways. And I think being honest and upfront and saying thank you and we wish you well. And because of you and your contribution, we're going to be just fine. And we're going to be able to carry on and your legacy will live on. And because of the things that you taught us, we can take the torch from you and keep going. And when we miss this opportunity, to me, it says to people that we don't care and we don't value contributions and all the things we teach kids all summer is just do as I say and not as I do. So acknowledge them and make the best of that transition transition, and use that person to help train the next successor if it's appropriate to be there as a resource for the next person, have a bit of overlap where um, they're both there for a month or something. Um, or um, I've also seen it done, which this was not a mistake, it was a good thing, um, pay that person who's leaving to be available to you um, to answer questions or show people things like how to turn the water on and off in the spring. Um, you know, it could be something as simple as eight hours a month. Um, when I did it, I did it, I think, eight or ten hours a month at the beginning of that first year. And then each month it got fewer and fewer hours that they, I got calls for. Um, but I offered my services for a year and they used them. Um, so it, it helped us to make a healthier and more positive transition and transfer. And communicate with your people. Communicate, communicate, communicate. That is the biggest mistake I've seen people make is when they don't. Um, so tell them where you're at. Tell them that your application, when they're due for the next, the new posting, when interviews will be taking place, when the new person is expected to start. Explain how the transfer will take place, how the old will train the new, how the smooth, how smooth that transition is going to be because you're so organized and you've thought ahead. Um, and this way they won't be scared. They'll know that you have thought of everything and you're taking your camp forward um, and you're doing everything you can to care for camp and for all of its people. So those are, that's my soapbox for today. <laughs> and so I want to throw in that uh, having seen friends and, um, you know, folks that I've met through the, the camping <laughs> industry and through this podcast, I think often to be very blunt about it, I think a lot of times the temptation to remain quiet about it has to do with pride. Uh, it's a little bit of that, like, well, how many staff did you have to fire this summer, right? And if you're a good director, you don't have to fire any because they're all great. And, they know, you know, and it's like, that's not true. Uh, you can be that's a fantastic director and you hire people <laughs> that make poor decisions. And, and that's yeah. just the reality. And so I think that is in a lot of ways, exacerbated when you look at a, a long-term staff member, somebody who has committed to be with you year-round, and now they are making the decision not to. And I think sometimes uh, the, your owners, your directors, your bosses will feel that pressure of like, what's everyone else going to think? And and truthfully, having watched you know different scenarios play out, it's the camps that have been very open and upfront about it. Uh, in the right timeline doesn't mean they're spouting it forth right away, but you know, the ones who seem to be truthful about it and, um, and honest, I think come out looking so much better, uh, than when it feels like it's swept under the rug. So Absolutely. don't be afraid of that pride and understand that it's very natural. And I think it's something that we all feel, um, and, and, you know, it has a seat at the table, but recognize you can't be held by, back by it. It really may hinder you and, and lead you to make some decisions that aren't as good for the organization as they could be. 
I also think that we do a disservice to our people if we don't lead by example and show them how we act when we make a mistake. So mm -hmm. if we make a mistake and we've screwed up, then we deal with it as adults and we deal with it intentionally and honestly. So, you know, trying to sweep the, that under the rug and say, yeah, we don't make mistakes is not doing any favors to that generation of people we're trying to teach to be good, positive adults. So that was my thought on that one. Um, before we recap, apparently I'm supposed to tell a story, but I still don't know what story I'm supposed to tell. Yeah, well, so you you pretty much hit the point. But I, when you told me about this moment that happened when everybody was around Match and everybody in the room mm. had the same realization, yes. that was what I was like. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So, so when Match, so. when she left at the end of the summer, um, she was there for 18 straight summers. And I hope I get this right. I want to say like seven of them as a full-time director, I think. Um, but she started as an LIT. She was never a camper there. So she was there a really long time. So she had an influence on a whole ton of people. And Match is the type of person who thinks of every little detail. She thinks of all those little special touches. That's kind of her gift for making people feel welcome and making them feel like she really thought about what was important to them. So as I sat through this evening with her, it was, and as I said before, it was a totally magical, magical evening. And at the end of the evening, I mean, her staff, there was a group of young women who had done, had been campers with her since they were like 10. And Match used to teach a dance every year at, at Mad Camp. And so um, they put together this sort of collage of dances, one from each of the years that they had ever learned from her. It, it was stunning to me that they could remember them all. Um, and then they had a new one for her at the end. And it was just incredible. I mean, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Um, and it was a beautiful testament to her. And they had thought of these little gifts and little songs and candles everywhere. And it was just the perfect evening. They didn't miss anything. And so when she got up to say thank you, she said, I know some of you are wondering how you are going to get on without me. You've said that to me before. And when I look around the room and I see all the special touches that you've done, all these things that you thought of for me, I know that you've learned everything I had to teach you. And you, by the expression this evening, I know you are ready to do it without me. You can do this on your own. So it was a really neat moment. And the staff was kind of like, wow, yes, that's true. We're really sad, but that's true. So there's my story. Um, Gab, our recap. Story. Okay. Our recap. Um, all right. First things first is ask. So ask how your staff are doing. Hey, do they still want to be here? Um, <laughs> and if they don't, uh, who could replace them? That's a great question to ask. Make sure you have an exit uh, interview and also ask them how would they like this thing to, to be rolled out um, in the celebration department. It'd be cool to get a bench, a bridge, <laughs> maybe a skit night. A second party, like the Hobbits, they want second Z's. Um, <laughs> make sure you leave a legacy, uh, raise money for a charity. These are just some of the suggestions. Within the community, let their voices be heard. It also makes it a little bit more transparent and believable that they are happy to move on, but they're happy for the time that they spent at your camp. Um, share it on social media and explain the transitional timeline. Uh, things to avoid well, avoid avoiding. That's the big topic for today. You really, we really need to avoid avoiding and, and uh, make sure that we're remaining kind to the people that have spent some very precious years of their lives with your organization. Great. Thanks, Gab. 
So how can you get involved in our podcast? Well, you can join us using hashtag Camp Code on social media. You can tell us what topics you would like to discuss, the guests that you'd recommend me talk to, and any great leadership training tips you have to share with us. We would love to hear from you. We are all about sharing in this industry. And so if you have found this podcast to be useful, please leave us a rating and a review for us in iTunes. And you can do that by going to camphacker.tv slash cc underscore iTunes. Or you can tweet your love of the show by going to camphacker.tv slash campcodelove. And your feedback helps keep the show going. And if you'd like to talk to us individually, this is how you can do it. Ruby, how can we get in touch with you? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm RubyLynn85 or on Instagram. I'm Ruby Outdoors, all one word. Uh, or you can send me an email at RubyLynn85 at gmail.com. Thanks. Gab, how do we get in touch with you? You can follow me on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail or on Instagram, same address. And you can check out where I work at waro.com. Excellent. You can check out where I work at camphacker.tv or gocamp.pro, or you can email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv. And you can also meet with us in person and share great leadership training tips with us. Gab and I are going to be at the ACQ conference in Quebec next month. Baby. I'm I'm going to be in Indiana at the Youth Institute conference at the end of November with my good friend, Dr. G. And Ruby is going to be in North Carolina in December for the Western North Carolina Epic Retreat. And I will be there too, but I'm just hanging out with Ruby. Um, so that'll be fun. And we will all be in Albuquerque in February for the ACA National. There'll be two sessions from Camp Code. We were just accepted a few days ago. So hopefully you can meet us in person sometime and we can meet you too and hear all the great things that you have to share with us. Ruby, what's our next podcast? Well, we've been talking about, you know, figuring out if you're going to stay at camp and resetting and maybe even leaving. So that means you may have a position to fill. So next session we're, or next episode, we're going to be talking about essential training for a new director. Great. I'm looking forward to that one. And our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training. And again, we would love to hear some of your memorable moments or your most effective tips. And you can tell us what they are using that hashtag camp code. But this week, we're going to hear from Gab. So my best tip comes from, or best practice, sorry, comes from um, Travis Allison, who I podcast with on Camp Hacker um, and longtime friend and um, also friends with Beth and, Tru and Ruby. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. So a long time ago, I saw Travis, who was carrying around this little black box and it had a bunch of cue cards in it and he would take them out randomly. And... I was curious as I am and, um, you know, asked to see like, well, what's, what's in there. And he showed me that it's, it was just basically a box of full of games. Um, I think he even keeps session notes sometimes in this little plastic box. Beth is uh, <laughs> nodding her head. So that's probably true. Um, but what I thought was really, really great was that, um, he encouraged people that would come to, that would do game sessions with him to write their games down on these little cue cards and put them into this, you know, you can buy these at, um, staples or any sort of business store that where people used to keep phone numbers instead of, <laughs> or recipes. <laughs> instead of, yes. Or recipes, yeah. um, recipe box. And so what I found really great was there's the intention behind after I teach an activity to my staff, I want them to write it down. And that for me was really, really neat. Instead of during your staff training, just doing a bunch of activities and then the kids arriving and you have sort of maybe your top three in your head, the fact that people, he had a spot for all of these games. And so I started doing this. And so staff would 
you know, I always left time at the end of, of an activity so they could write, write their games down. And then I leave a little extra time for them to share each other's cards to see if there's anything that was, that was missing. But the, the difference that it's made has been ex- amazing because it really sticks in their head, but there's an intentionality that this is only for, you know, you know, building community and so on and so forth. I, I liked it. I like that it's tactile. I like that it's not in a book. I thought it was really cool. You're kind of like really cool when you're like, I got this, you know, so, um, and Travis is cool. So it, it all works out, but that, that's one of my, that's one of my tips that, that helped me a lot this summer. Great. Cause it is true. When we write something down, we remember it better, even if yeah. we never refer to it again. And Travis's box is divided into categories. So right. he has uh, get to know you games, box, back pocket games, uh, big group games, you know, all those uh, themes for the evening program, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that he can easily go and grab you know, a handful from each section and, and run a whole session on games or whatever. So yeah, it's a fun practice. It's so cool. Yeah. And that's right. There's all the division. I'm still a baby at this, but <laughs> I, I, what I really liked was making sure that I had time at the end of the activity yes. for them to write it down, yeah. that they were able to put in a place. And I can tell, I can tell already in the next couple of years, how this is going to be like it's always been this way we've always yes. had these because <laughs> that's how it goes at camp. yes right now <laughs> they don't even know they did it but <laughs> in a couple of years it's always been there yeah absolutely great thanks gab and thanks gab and ruby for another great podcast please join us using that hashtag camp code and thanks for the listening friends please remember no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, Summer Camp Leadership Training and Marketing Consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker, bringing your world into focus.